Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice of reason, an oasis of civility and humanity. I'm on a journey, the pursuit of truth, not just facts to fill the head, but also life-changing power to change hearts and transform minds. A journey of relationship, to connect to people of goodwill everywhere, to build upon civil society, to transcend tribal divisions with timeless values and love. A growing coalition of choice, not coercion. Are you with me? This is the Vince Copley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome. Good to be back with you on the broadcast today. Hope all is well in your world. I want to begin with a little conversation about language and manipulation. Now, some of you may be thinking, what in the world is he talking about? As I go into my analysis of some speeches that took place. These speeches by Vladimir Putin. And Joe Biden. You know, one of the things that we like to do in our world, because we're used to it, we have these, (laughs) you hear me talk about this all the time, we buy into these false binary choices. Good versus evil. America is good. Russia is evil. You know, and... We can do the same thing with leaders. You know, Vladimir Putin, he's the rogue, the villain in the story. And because the United States of America is a good country, by extension, Joe Biden represents what is good, right? (laughs) I want to address this by at first telling you about I've shared some of my church journey with you and I think it'll help you understand how I see some of the events that are unfolding right now for a season I was part of a church that was I have come to conclude in some ways cultic in the way that they engaged people It was a top-down control-type atmosphere. And it's one of those things, unless you're in it, unless you come out of it, you may not even recognize what you were in before. It's hard to see when you're inside that. And this happens in relationships, in churches, in countries, and other organizations when we're in there can be a blindness that we experience. And I think I told you from there, I got involved in an organization to ostensibly start a church here in the Charlotte area, engaged another set of people that I thought to be different from the first. And this is where this analogy is very important. They had a lot of the good language that I would now embrace. Good language. The words were on the money. You know, we're, we're not top-down. We're, you know, the church is a family. It's a circle. It's not a pyramid structure. They said all of these things, but every single last darn thing that they said about that was a lie. It was a lie. And lest you think that I have an extra grind still here, which I don't, I'm convinced they don't know what they're doing. Remember when Jesus says, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do? This is where so many people are. They do not know. Now, there are some calculating people who really do know, and they're diabolical. I, I don't think this is what's happening in most church atmospheres. I think people sincerely believe that this is a model that 
you know, is somehow biblical or whatever, and they're convinced we're just here to help people. <laughs> Does that language sound familiar? So, here's what I'm saying. A person can have the right language and the wrong heart. The right language and the wrong heart. Because ultimately, that's what makes the difference. It's not the words you use. It's the person that you are. Let me give you an example by going to the first extreme and making reference to Vladimir Putin, who delivered a State of the Nation speech in Moscow. And he's looking back on the past year and the invasion of Ukraine, and we don't need to go into all of the propaganda and stupidity he communicated about that. But there are a couple of things that I want to draw your attention to, because they are things that are true. You see, a person who is diabolical isn't necessarily wrong in some of the things they say. They can say some accurate things. Like this. Referring to Western nations, they just tried to use these principles of democracy and freedom to defend their totalitarian values, and they tried to distract people's attention from corruption scandals, from economic social problems. Wow. Now, I ask you, is this true of what's going on even in our own country? Do they hide behind democracy and freedom? But in reality, some of these folks are at heart totalitarian. And they're corrupt. They have scandals going on. And we do have economic and social issues, don't we? Do you not agree? This is what our so-called leaders do. They distract people. Yes, this goes on all the time. But I'm more disturbed by what Vladimir Putin had to say at the end. Get a load of this. <laughs> this is absolutely amazing. They distort historical facts and constantly attack our culture, the Russian Orthodox Church, and other traditional religions of our country. As it became known, the Anglican Church plans to consider the idea of a gender-neutral God... <laughs> Millions of people in the West understand they're being led to a real spiritual catastrophe. Look at what they do to their own people. The destruction of families, of cultural and national identities, and the perversion that is child abuse all the way up to pedophilia. Advertised as the norm. And priests are forced to bless same-sex marriages. Is Vladimir Putin onto something about what's happening to Western culture? You darn well better believe it. He's right on the money. But here's where the rubber hits the road. It's not what you say. It's what you do. It's the autocratic control this man has over millions of people. It's the freedom he undermines of his own people. While he, interestingly enough, what is he doing? He is he's distracting people away from their own misery to focus on the West. And at the end of the day, Vladimir Putin is a warmongering killer. <laughs> so all of these words, though true, an analysis of the Western world and what's happening... All those things are true. We don't need a warmongering killer to tell us. We'll continue along these lines on this broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. This is really interesting. Very perceptive person. Y'all see the Putin speech? He sounded like one of the U.S. conservative Christians. His propaganda brilliantly executed. <laughs> However, 
petroleum dollar going rubles globally, he will win the currency war and kill our dollar. Biden is a World War III monger, demented, blank scumbag. Wow. Jay out of Greer, Vince, when leadership is truly submitted to God and one another, it is much easier for the body as a whole to submit to one another. Difference between shysters and servants. I love that. That's brilliant. Right on the money. I have to very carefully read this one. A bunch of words in it I can't say on the air. For literal blank sake, Lindsey Graham is a blank blank warmonger. Putin is defending his country. Really? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. He's just defending his country. Yeah, there you go. What Putin is saying is true. Imagine what he would say to we had a woman president. Oh, if we had a woman president, boy, that would be kind of intriguing. Here's what I take from Putin's speech. Even a broken watch is right twice a day. I'm convinced he's a villain. But I'm not convinced that he is the villain. That's a very important distinction, isn't it? And sharing the perspective, we've been pushing him since 2014. Not defending him, but we're not spotless in this either. That is, I have no issue with that perspective, Jeff. A lot of people have communicated the same thing. Biden reminds me of someone's grandfather who's gotten out of control from dementia and his family has had enough and places him in a home for the elderly with dementia care. Except he needs to be in a federal prison for crimes against America. Ouch. I don't think this person is going to volunteer for Biden 2024. <laughs> Just saying. So I started off talking about the tale of two tyrants. Yes, I said it. Or the tale of two autocrats. You see, you can be an autocrat even within our system. Now, the wonderful thing is with our Constitution, we have checks and balances that provide some restraint. Now, I emphasize that word, some but it's really not complete. There are times these folks get away with what they do by trying to simply with a stroke of a pen implement law. Because that is not the role of presidents to, to basically to write law and then enforce that. Congress is supposed to write law. You know that. So I've told you, we can use the right language and have the wrong heart. Now, as I've described to you, this is evident in church. You know it's evident in politics and our government. The right language, the wrong heart. Let's bring this back home now. And speak of President Biden. Now, we took a little bit of this yesterday, didn't we? Didn't we listen in a little bit of Joe Biden's speech in Warsaw? And it was a talk-tough sort of speech. Where he's basically standing up for Ukraine and their territorial integrity, which is really rich for a man who will not defend the territorial integrity of his own country. The man selectively, selectively chooses who he's going to be committed to, what he's going to do. By the way, I looked up the word autocracy. A system of government by one person with absolute power. Now, I've said to you before, you can be an autocrat here in the United States of America. Now, the, again, our Constitution, to the extent that it's followed, is a check and balance on people like this. And sometimes it works. 
Sometimes it doesn't work. People continue to do things that are extra constitutional. And frankly, it's not just the presidency. It works its way through other departments in the government. With the administrative state, for instance. This is an extension of autocracy, where laws were not passed at all. Absolute power. So let's listen to this sermon from Joe Biden speaking out in Warsaw, Poland on autocracies. Autocrats only understand one word. No, no, no. No, you will not take my country. No, you will not take my freedom. No, you will not take my future. And I'll repeat tonight what I said last year in the same place. A dictator bent on rebuilding an empire will never be able to ease the people's love of liberty. Brutality will never grind down the will of the free. And Ukraine, Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia. Never. Whoa. I'm going to save this for after the break because a friend of mine, talk show host, had a really powerful take on this. I mean, did you hear? Did you hear Joe Biden? These are things that you or I, as conservatives, as libertarians, could very easily just as well say about him. No. 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 And going back to the spiritual analogy I gave you earlier, and this is why I so respect the people God has placed in my life. One of them, Steve Crosby. I mention him all the time on this program. Met him 15 or so years ago. And I remember a message he delivered that just so resonated with my soul. He said one of the most healthy things, and he told a congregation this years ago when he was a pastor, the most healthy thing that you can say to your leaders sometimes is no. Some of you right now, within the sound of my voice, are in religious institutions where you cannot say no to so-called spiritual leaders. I will tell you, if you're in a place like that, please run and fast. It should not be tolerated anywhere, at home, in church, or in our political system. Learn to say no. Establish boundaries. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing Talk Line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line at 71307. Now, back to Vince. And over on that text line... Again, I have to delete some words here. Vince... That Biden guy just destroyed everything Reagan did, and our country is headed to World War III. Mm-hmm. The next election will be won by the candidate who puts America first and cuts off Ukraine. These comments from Vladimir Putin, this person says they came from Putin spiritual advisor slash cult leader, that person's book about America. His name is Alexander Dugin, who thinks America is actually the Antichrist, Vince. (laughs) Isn't it interesting how these things work? I have a feeling we are the baddies right now. We lied to everyone in the USA about COVID and lockdowns, made people crazy and kill themselves with hysteria. We bombed our own pipeline in India. The world's best democracy is with Russia. We're so gullible and fooled in America. It's disgusting. On the subject of autocracy, it equals 100 plus executive orders. Mm. See what I'm talking about? 
This texture says for a moment in Warsaw, Biden thought he was Reagan. <laughs> Boy, he's profoundly deceived if he believes that. You are so right about this, Vince. A lot of times you make statements about or concerning blacks. And when you get feedback on it, to your disliking, you think the individual is wrong. Maybe we or they are, but it's the way in which you said it as opposed to the way you meant it. Interesting. By the way, I'm still open to that call, whoever this texter is, if you want to have a conversation about these things. This is a great text here. Vince, how many times in history have we heard a tyrant condemning tyranny? I'll give you a hint. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to skip these names. Yeah. How about... I don't know if I can pronounce these. Schmussolini? Schmadoff? Schmittler? Is that what you were intending? Did I pronounce that correctly? I thought I would butcher it, so that's why I was trying to avoid it. By the way, for some reason, Chris, still getting this, this echo has come back to visit. I do not know why. Vince, I think Joe Biden is trying to entice Biden and have Americans go to war because if they would have dropped bombs while he was there, we would have had to go in and get him. Boy, that would have been ugly. Vince, still loving the bumper music and the show, but I'm troubled about how you refer to President Biden as Mr. Magoo. At least Mr. Magoo had integrity. <laughs> it's Gene out of Rock Hill. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Just a sampling of some of the items on the text line. So I've been talking about autocracy. We know what Vladimir Putin is. This is not complicated to look at him and know what he is. This guy is a brutal dictator and killer. Do you have any doubt about that at all? None whatsoever. But let's come closer to home. And I think it's worthwhile to even play this clip from the president again, speaking in Warsaw. I want you to listen carefully and ask yourself, could the same things that this man is saying about somebody else apply to him? Here it is again, Joe Biden speaking in Warsaw yesterday. Autocrats only understand one word. No, no, no. No, you will not take my country. No, you will not take my freedom. No, you will not take my future. And I'll repeat tonight what I said last year in the same place. A dictator, then I rebuilding an empire, will never be able to ease the people's love of liberty. Brutality will never grind down the will of the free. And Ukraine, Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia. Never. So there we go. Yesterday, yesterday, after this program, I was in the midst of working on some other things. And uh, I think it was in my car at the time and listening to a uh, program that I occasionally listen to. And... It was Megan Kelly's program, and she shared this clip with Glenn Beck. And I want you to hear Glenn Beck has just brilliant commentary on this. Here is what he had to say about Biden's words. Listen up. If we have it. Uh, autocrats only know one word. No, no, you will not take my freedom. No, you will not uh, take my country. Uh, what was the third one? All of those. I kept thinking, well, that's you. That's you. You're you're taking away our rights w with covid. You told us what we could do, what we couldn't do. You are you are dismantling our country. You're dismantling our freedom. You're dismantling our energy. Uh, and, and who gave you permission to do all of this? No, no, Mr. President. Yep. Isn't this what many of you were thinking <laughs> when you heard Joe Biden speaking? It's like pot, meat, kettle. <laughs> it is absolutely crazy. 
But this is one of the sad things that happens with people like this. There is a lack of self-awareness. And I think I saw this on social media the other day. I wish I could get my hands on it quickly. It was something to the effect that um, something about the people who need deodorant the most are the ones who probably talk about it the most. (laughs) And it was really right on the money. So what do you think about what's going on right now? Are we missing something right within this country? As we look at the landscape and we recognize the tyrants, the dictators around the world, are we allowing something much more sinister to take root right on our own soil, unchecked? I think this is a very important conversation. And I don't care who that person is and what party that person represents. The person who sent the text in about executive orders... That's right on the money. There are way too many of those. Way too many. And I'm saying this is a person who objects to the use of these for Democrats and Republicans. So this is not a partisan issue for me. Stay with us. So we've seen all of this posturing over in Warsaw from the president. Oh, gosh. This text line still scrolling away, including this. Integrity and Biden will never go together. Wow. This person suggests maybe they should implement a quota on executive orders, maybe five per year. So the ones that are implemented are the ones of priority. As opposed to power with a pin. Yeah. Vince, how can there be self-awareness when crotchety Biden has lost his mind? Biden gave the middle finger to all of America this week. Well, I think one mayor in a small town in Ohio will certainly agree with you. That is the mayor of East Palestine, Ohio. Saying that President Biden's visit to Ukraine was the biggest slap in the face as his town continues to deal with the chemical fallout from a train derailment in the small town during an appearance on Fox News. The mayor, Trent Conway, was asked to give his thoughts on Biden's surprise visit to Kiev on Monday while he's in Poland for an international trip. That was the biggest slap in the face. It tells you right now he doesn't care about us. So he can send every agency he wants to, but I found. This morning, one of the briefings that he was in the Ukraine, giving millions of dollars away to people over there, not to us. I'm furious. Yeah, President's Day in our country. He's over in Ukraine. That tells you what kind of guy he is. And I remind you, $500 million in aid to the country. It's pretty embarrassing. And the irony of this is pretty apparent, isn't it? President's Day. President, as in American President's Day. Should not the focus be on America and Americans? And he's traipsing off somewhere else, trying to pretend to be the leader of the free world. It's quite pathetic, isn't it? I also think it's amusing... An announcement that came yesterday from the Environmental Protection Agency. Before I go into this story, let me just tell you, the EPA has not stepped up to the plate because they knew it was their job. They've done this because they were shamed into doing this. They should have been there some time ago and should have stepped up their Fulfilling of responsibility. Remember we talked about this? A lot of people want power. They want control. They want positions. They want titles. But they're not very interested in responsibility. 
So yesterday, they finally announced they're going to take control of the cleanup in East Palestine from that train derailment. The agency additionally ordered rail operator Norfolk Southern to pay for all associated costs. I mean, how difficult was this to do days ago? In this news release, the EPA said it had issued a legally binding order requiring Norfolk Southern to identify and clean up contaminated soil and water resources and would also have to reimburse the agency for cleaning services to be offered to residents and businesses to provide an additional layer of reassurance, which will be conducted by EPA staff and contractors. And again, I remind you, (laughs) they could have done this. Could have done this before. They were shamed into this. Shamed. Now, Norfolk Southern, for its part, had previously committed to paying for the cost of the cleanup. Even as the Biden administration said it was considering civil penalties for this accident. The company saying it was committed to thoroughly and safely cleaning the site while reimbursing residents for the disruption that has caused in their lives. Some officials did not buy Norfolk Southern's promise. At a news conference yesterday, Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro, whose state's borders located just a mile from East Palestine, stood with Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, along with EPA officials, and pledged to continue holding the company accountable. So, This is what happens. This is what happens when people stand up and demand action. The sad thing is, when you don't have people who have your best interests at heart, I mean, I I have to ask the question, too, what, what else are these EPA people doing? What did they have to do? What have they been doing all of these days since this thing happened way back on February 3rd? Today is the 22nd. And they're just now communicating this? What have they been doing all this time? Which is another reminder. We have way too much bureaucracy in this country. We learned this after 9-11. How many agencies were on to these terrorists? They had pieces of this puzzle. But they weren't communicating with each other. Part of the problem is... The whole darn thing is just too big. Too big. So that continues to be my priority as we look to 2024. Who is going to tear down big government? It's not efficient at all. And as you see, at the end of the day, many of these folks really do not care. Hour number two is straight ahead. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. All right. This is really interesting. We now have a new candidate for president. Have you heard about this? We're going to talk about it here in our number two of the broadcast. I, uh, I do not know want to be very, very clear about this. I don't know much about this guy. But I got to tell you, I am intrigued. Quite intrigued. There were hints of something possibly underway a few days ago. But now we know for sure. Let's talk about 2024. And the man who has now thrown his hat into the ring. His name is Vivek Ramaswamy. He's a wealthy biotech entrepreneur, investor, and the author of Woke Inc. He's now officially in the race for President of the United States. 
He released a video last night, formally launching his long-shot bid, decrying what he called a national identity crisis that he claims is driven by a left-wing ideology that has replaced faith, patriotism, and hard work with new secular religions like COVIDism, climatism, and gender ideology. Wow, this is interesting, isn't it? We've obsessed so much over our diversity and our difference, we forgot all the ways we're really just the same as Americans. Hmm. What are some of the things this guy would like to do? In a Wall Street Journal editorial published, he pledged to repeal civil service protections for federal workers if he wins. Oh, my goodness. He's going to have all of government going after him. Also working to eliminate affirmative action, including directing the Justice Department to prosecute illegal race-based preferences. Born in Ohio, he's got that going for him. (laughs) From another person born in Ohio. Ramaswamy, the son of Indian immigrants, founded a biotechnology company before becoming the partner of a hedge fund. The author of the books Woke, Inc. and Nation of Victims gained stature in conservative circles for his criticism of the environmental, social, and corporate governance movement that aims to promote socially responsible investing. So, this is going to be a very interesting field. A very interesting field. I, I'm, I'm just right now salivating at the thought of what this debate might look like even now. I mean, who do we have? Donald Trump? We have, in addition to Donald Trump, the former South Carolina governor, Nikki Haley. And now we have Vivek Ramaswamy. I would love just to see a debate between those three people right now. Wouldn't that be interesting to watch? And I want to get your initial thoughts on how this thing looks as this presidential field is coming together on the Republican side. Very interesting picture emerging. By the way, the current vice president... And a former vice president are coming to South Carolina. Congressman Jim Clyburn confirmed that Harris is going to visit Columbia. This is apparently uh, this coming Monday when she will be in Columbia, South Carolina. No other details on that visit yet. Bob Jones University confirmed that Mike Pence will take part in a fireside chat at the university. That is a week from tomorrow, Thursday, March 2nd at 6 p.m. He will follow that chat with a book signing of his latest book, So Help Me God. BJU President Steve Pettit saying, As a Christian liberal arts educational institution, we're honored to host thought leaders like Vice President Pence, who can inform and challenge our students. I look forward to having our students and members of the Greenville community hear him in person. So there you go. Let's talk more about the presidential field on the Republican side. Nikki Haley out in Iowa. Introduced by Iowa's Governor Kim Reynolds. Talking about her background in South Carolina. Explaining her record to voters in a new state. During a question and answer period, she talked about supporting the war in Ukraine and the United States support so far. Offering some criticism of the president, all of this would have been further along if Biden would have reacted hard and fast in the very beginning. If we win this fight for freedom, it will send a signal to every enemy we have. If we lose this fight for freedom, Russia has said Poland and the Baltics are next. Then we have a world war. (laughs) May not take that much strong military doesn't start wars a strong military prevents wars our goal has to be strong enough we prevent the next war this goes back to the idea of peace through strength an idea 
advanced by former President Ronald Reagan. She also covered several topics heard during her first campaign speech, including term limits in Congress, competency tests for politicians over 75. Ooh, isn't that interesting? And concern over what she calls a national self-loathing. Interesting idea. Nikki Haley, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I can hear the booze coming toward the radio right now. <laughs> I'm serious. Whenever I bring up her name on this program, especially for those of you south of the border who experienced her as governor, I've, I've gotten very few people who are supportive of her and her candidacy. <laughs> it's really, um, you know, it would be quite embarrassing quite embarrassing if we get to the point they're all in this at the primary and she loses South Carolina do you think she can win her own state just curious so we mentioned Nikki Haley swinging through Iowa this week after making her announcement Senator Tim Scott will also be in Iowa as he decides his political future. Former Vice President Mike Pence was just in the state, courting influential evangelical Christian activists. After a pretty slow start, Republican presidential prospects are streaming into the lead-off presidential caucus state. Notice me absent so far. Who do you think has not been to Iowa just yet? You guessed it, former President Donald Trump. So, when is that going to change? What does that mean? If Should anything be read into that? We'll have more presidential talk as we continue the broadcast, and we're eager to get your thoughts as well. Stay with us. Some of you folks are so cruel, referring to... Nikki Haley. She couldn't win in her own immediate family. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, my goodness. We don't want Harris to visit South Carolina. She's dumber than Joe. Is that possible? Just curious. Vince's, Vince, where does this vivid guy stand on the Mogsa message? That's one main thing that concerns both you and myself. Jeff, I have to hand it to you. Jeff is, uh, maybe I had to have a, I don't know, listener of the week contest or something or the month. But I'm really proud of the fact that, you know, Jeff has come up with this idea. And he has continued to champion this cause. By the way, if you don't know what MAGSA stands for, I believe it's Make Our Government Small Again. And yes, that's the foundational message. I've already reached out, by the way, to this new candidate to find out what his views are. And ideally, love to have him on this program to be able to ask some questions. I, I, and I've kind of expressed this before. I just, I'm looking for some fresh people, fresh energy you know, I'm, I'm just tired of seeing the same retread people over and over and over. <laughs> Somebody else just texted and said, hey, I want to be listener of the month. <laughs> Calm down, Scott. It'll be okay. <laughs> All righty. So the presidential field on the Republican side, The Hill reporting, Ron DeSantis hinted on Monday he will make a decision on a 2024 presidential run after the state's legislative session wraps up in May, giving the clearest timeline yet of when he might possibly enter the race. Well, that's certainly good to know. <laughs> Asked on Fox and Friends when he might decide on a White House bid, DeSantis mapped out the coming months, saying he would embark on a tour to promote his new book, The Courage to be Free and work through the Florida legislature's regular session. That starts in early March. DeSantis saying, we're going to sell some books, spread the message of Florida. Then March 8th, I have our legislative session that's kicking off. Adding, you ain't seen nothing yet. This is going to be the most productive legislative session 
we've had across the board. And people are going to be really excited. To those... Well, that's a sampling of what's going to be coming in the months ahead. Then we'll decide from there. And you know he's going to choose to get involved in this race. Republican sources long predicted DeSantis would wait until after the state legislative session to announce a presidential bid, saying it would give him a chance to rack up new policy victories so that he hits the campaign trail with fresh momentum. By the way, Republicans now hold supermajorities in both chambers of the state legislature after November's midterms, meaning DeSantis has a clear path to getting some of his biggest policy priorities approved. And let me just repeat what I've said to you before. One of my other priorities, I'm looking for somebody who's going to run for office, run for the presidency, who is good at passing legislation and has a priority of passing legislation. Somebody who's simply going to come in with executive orders. um, No, thank you. Been there, done that. And I think this gives, honestly, in this area, Ron DeSantis has an edge over everybody. I don't know anybody else that rivals him in terms of getting legislation passed on things that are important to the American people. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I am open to any adjustment, but I don't think anybody... Now, you can say, you know, you may have other issues or things that you're concerned about or whatever, but I don't think you can successfully make the case that anybody has taken on the pertinent issues of the day and gotten legislation passed to make a real difference on some of the things that concern us the most. And and just to give you a picture of what I'm looking for and what I want to see out of any candidate for president, I want somebody, you know, I've talked about making government smaller. I want somebody who's going to address these issues and demand legislation. I want somebody to put within 90 days to put a plan on my desk from Congress to dismantle this many departments of our federal government. That's what I'm talking about. How are you going to do it? And how are you going to get that support? How are you going to rally the American people behind you to push for these things? So does that give you an idea of where I'm coming from? See, that I, I, I don't, I'm not interested in, you know, stupid contests on social media or whatever. I want somebody who's going to come in day one with an idea, all right, send me legislation to make this government smaller. And we need to demonstrate something to the American people of substance in 90 days. It's not complicated, folks. I want to start sharing part of this with you because, and, and I was sharing this with some people I was around a couple of weeks ago, and they were stunned. We may have to share some more of this on future programs, but the Wall Street Journal did a great piece some days ago on what's happening in the United Kingdom with their government-run health care. See, this is an issue that's still with us, with the presence of Obamacare and those folks who still want the government to take over yet more of our health care system. Let me just give you an opening, <laughs> an opening picture of what's happening in the United Kingdom. The NHS, National Health Service, struggling under the effects of budget cuts, COVID delays, and an aging population. For more than a decade, the British government has run its National Health Service, the world's largest government-run health care system. Please listen to those words, ladies and gentlemen, because that is what you need to know. The world's largest government-run health care system. This is not a concept. This is reality. So you need to know what is happening. 
Well, lately, they've been on a tight budget. The NHS prided itself on being one of the leanest healthcare systems in the developed world. How many stories have you seen where people complain, well, this is what America's spending on this and that. Whoa, the Brits are only spending this. Remember that? Well, in Britain, they spend less per head on a, an average plan than larger European neighbors and far less than the U.S. Now the state-funded service is falling apart. Please listen to this, especially those of you who promote government health care and believe in it. People who suffer heart attacks or strokes wait more than an hour and a half on average for an ambulance. I've got more on this story. You need to hear this. We'll delve right in. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing Talk Line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line at 71307. Now, back to Vince. And over on the text line, we have this. Mike Pence needs a book titled, By God, I Could Have Done It. Goodness. Vince, do you think Trump is going to Ohio because he genuinely wants to help, or do you believe it's because of his ego? You see, I think it's probably both. Do I think he sincerely cares about people in Ohio? Sure. Do I also think this man has an enormously huge ego, and this is a great opportunity for him to connect with people in this very important state? That, too. It's both. How is that for an answer? What else do we have? Nikki, not to be trusted. She lied to the citizens of South Carolina, promised to never approve a gas tech, tax repeatedly, then did just that. Okay. Trump all the way for me. Best president in history. Hopefully with his kids or family vice president. Oh my gosh. That has to be a joke. Please. I hope it's a joke. I'm sharing with you a story about what's happening in the UK, and I may share this over a couple of days. This story in the Wall Street Journal, oh my goodness, it's creepy. It's horrible. It's a nightmare. It's a horror show. What's going on in the United Kingdom, the largest government-run healthcare system in the world? This texture confirms, having been stationed in the UK for a few years, you have no idea. How many times I've thanked God I was an American GI and had our base hospital and clinics. I can, I, I get you, man. I get you. Isn't, isn't it ironic? Here you are in another country on foreign soil. And you're living better, medically speaking, than the people who live in that country. I mean, that's... Huh. Are you ready for more than more of this story? I mean, this as a guy who suffered a heart attack, this sends chills down my spine. I'm so thankful to this day. In fact, I think I still see some of the guys who uh, at the grocery store um, who were, were the first responders when I had my heart attack several years ago. I'm pretty sure I was at the hospital. No more than 30 or 40 minutes after the onset of this heart attack. I was there. People waiting 90 minutes just for the ambulance. Hospitals are so full, they're turning patients away. A record 7.1 million people in England, more than 1 in 10, are stuck on waiting lists for non-emergency hospital treatment like hip replacements. Then they had the biggest strike in history. Thousands of paramedics and nurses walking out over pay. The woes of the NHS, an extreme example of issues playing out across the developed world. Healthcare systems hit hard by COVID under pressure as people live longer, 
have a wider range of treatment options. Aging populations means costs will keep growing. The UK's experience, please listen carefully to this. The UK's experience is a warning of what happens when supply in healthcare provision can't keep up with demand. Now, I have a question for you. In our healthily operating economic system, what is the best way to deal with supply and demand? Free enterprise. Who is the worst at dealing with supply and demand? Government. It's really that simple. Nigel Edwards, the retiring chief executive of the Nuffield Trust, healthcare think tank, former chief executive for the NHS. The health care system in the UK is facing a crisis like no other. The UK has mistaken cheapness for efficiency in its approach to health, and it's coming home to roost. See, I, and I, I just, I got to remind you, folks. At the end of the day, government health care is not about health care; it's about the appearance of provision without the services. In other words. I can tell you all day you've got coverage. Coverage is fine, but if you can't get to a doctor or a hospital in a timely way, what the heck is that good for? What's it good for? It's worthless. The NHS has lost thousands of hospital beds in the past decade in its drive for efficiency. COVID delayed treatments for patients, resulting in a vast waiting list. Hospitals in England were already at 98% capacity in December when the brutal flu season started to take hold. The mass of sick patients gummed up the system to devastating effect. Now, for those of you who think this is the answer to, quote, compassionate care, you need to hear the next line. It only gets better, folks. Delays in treating people are causing the premature deaths. Now, this is not Vince Coakley. This is not some right-wing extremist. The source for this, the Royal College of Emergency Medicine, a professional association in London. You ready for this? Delays in treating people are causing... The premature deaths of three to five hundred people a week. Now the NHS is saying those excess death figures, they're likely too high. <laughs> Do you believe them? I wouldn't surprise me if they're higher. But they've acknowledged delays are costing lives. In late January, the UK government announced funding to provide more ambulances call handlers, and a thousand extra hospital beds to relieve the strain on the health system. But fixing the service is going to take time. Over the next year, they want to cut the average time a heart attack sufferer waits for an ambulance to 30 minutes, which isn't bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I get chills when I read about stuff like this. Don't ever take this, this stuff for granted, folks. Don't ever take it for granted. We, we have something to be very, very thankful for, don't we? We're going to talk more about this because I, I want people to be aware of what we have. With all of its faults, it's not perfect. But we have a lot to be thankful for. And the last thing we need is for the government to get further involved and screw up the good that we have. Stay with us. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Wednesday. Over on the text line, response to what we had to say about what's happening with UK's healthcare system. Free healthcare is no good if no one's willing to acquire the skills necessary to provide it and perform the services for free. Oh, at first, it might seem like the people on the left forgot about this. Not true. The real goal is for it to be so expensive, they get to decide who can afford 
who we can afford to treat and who we can't. And then those in government who do the government's bidding will be the ones who are worthy and we can afford to treat. Isn't that nice? Yeah, I think this is exactly what this is about. Oh, that's part of the plan to destroy the health care system. Send more immigrants in there. Overwhelm the system. 60% of London's now Middle Eastern. If you're having a heart attack, no one around knows CPR. A 30-minute wait for an ambulance will not cut it. <laughs> this person said, should be called free almost health care. <laughs> Yeah, almost. Almost. This texture, Vince, I had a heart attack in 2012. If I had to wait 30 minutes for an ambulance, I would not be texting you right now. <laughs> I get it. Believe me. I mean, these folks really have lost their minds. If they think that government is going to do... I mean, look, if you need to be reminded what's wrong with big government is not east palestine is that not a perfect example right now you've got people traipsing all over the world to bend over backwards for ukraine and somehow they don't see oh what is this little town down there in ohio what's up there near pennsylvania what is that they don't care they do not care. You know that, and I know that. Pretty simple. We're going to talk more about this article. It's, there are some more gems in this that are just, oh my goodness, the personal stories too. You know, this is the kind of personal story the, the news networks need to cover. Rather than the people complaining about not having health care here in this country. Because there's, let's get real, there's no such thing. Because the end of the day, our system is going to provide the health care. Now, it may be an issue paying for it, but they're not going to leave somebody in the lurch. And you're not going to wait in an hour and a half for a freaking ambulance. Blows my mind. Let's take a look at the day in history. How are you doing today, Bernie? I imagine Bernie's Bernie's doing fine. (laughs) That is so funny. I sent a text to Bernie just a bit ago about something, and I, I'm i losing my mind. Chris, thank you for being there. Sure. Even with my insanity. If that is my real name. <laughs> is that? Ooh, it's, that opens up another mystery. 1732 is the year this first president celebrated a birthday. Who is this guy? Uh, 1732 first president. Oh, uh, George Washington. Absolutely. 1819. And uh, the U.S. acquired this from the Spanish. It's our southern uh, most state, at least on the east side. Florida. My favorite place to go. Yes, it is. 1819 was the year. 18. Spain gave us Florida. That's where we got it from. 1879, the guy's first name was Frank. What was his last name? He opened the first great five-cent store in Utica, New York in 1879. Inferter. Oh, you're so silly. His name wasn't Frank Inferter. What am I going to do with you? Well, I I clearly don't know the (laughs) correct answer. Woolworth. Oh. Frank Woolworth. Five and Dime Store. Very good. Frank Woolworth. 1935, the president who barred flights over the White House because he couldn't sleep with the noise. And I think this carries to today for security reasons. 1935, who was in the Oval Office then and stayed forever? Yes, FDR indeed stayed forever. 1954, the U.S. to install 60 Thor nuclear missiles in the U.K., part of the nuclear umbrella around Europe. 1959, Lee Petty won the first Daytona 500. 1963, and this country warned the U.S. that an attack on Cuba would mean war. Well, who was putting Cuba in jeopardy in the first place? 
What country was it? The Soviet Union. Yeah, those people, the dastardly Soviets. 1980, the miracle on ice. The U.S. beat the Soviets in Olympic ho- hockey. Um, 1984, we have the um, beginning of one of the longest wars in that region as this country attacked Iraq. What was the other country involved? That was a messy battle. And there really wasn't a good side there. Iran. Yeah, it was Iran and Iraq. Wonderful little contest there. It's just a shame somebody had to win. (laughs) Exactly. And last but not least, 2014 drug kingpin El Chapo captured in Mexico. 2014, can you believe that was nine years ago? And our time is up. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Thank you, Chris and Bernie. And you guys have a great day. God bless you. Adios. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.